0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. While it wasn't on Masson, the Orioles did have a spring training game that was televised on Tuesday. Shout out to the Pirates broadcast network. So I did get a chance to watch it, and I'm going to break down the O's loss to Pittsburgh, get you the five things you need to know, talk about Kyle Bradish's good start to spring training, and give some Orioles injury updates coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, March 1st, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to take a look back at the Orioles spring training game on Tuesday against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Because finally, an Orioles spring training game was televised. Now, of course, it was not by Masson. They're only televising four games this spring. But at and Sportsnet Pittsburgh, which is the broadcast home of the Pirates, Did televise the game, which means if you have MLB TV or some other means, you were able to watch the game on Tuesday afternoon. And I did so. So we're kind of going to get closer to what happens during the season here on this podcast. The five things you need to know from the Orioles spring training game against the Pirates. Then we'll key in on Kyle Bradish. He got the start and looked great in two dominant innings. And then there's a couple of Orioles spring training injury updates I want to get to at the end of the pod. But first... This episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. And before we jump in, I did just want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. You're free and available on all podcast listening platforms. And remember, we're here on YouTube as well. Make sure to like, comment, comment. And subscribe to the Locked on Orioles YouTube page. And if you are a subscriber to Locked on Orioles, remember, you can win an Orioles giveaway. Now, I announced what the giveaway was on Tuesday's episode, but I'll do it again here. We have reached and surpassed 2,000 subscribers here on YouTube. And because of that, I'm going to be giving away the never-before-worn Orioles Hawaiian shirt. Now... I still do need to look up which Hawaiian shirt this is. This is either 2021 or 2019. I cannot remember correctly. It's out of the package, but it has not been worn yet. Orioles Hawaiian shirt, everyone's favorite giveaway. You can win the Orioles Hawaiian shirt. You just need to do two things. One, you need to subscribe to the Locked On Orioles podcast on YouTube. And two, in the YouTube comments of either this episode or any episode this week, Tell me about your favorite thing about spring training. It could be a favorite memory if you've been to spring training or just your favorite feeling when spring training comes around. Leave it in the comments on any episode this week. We'll close the commenting Friday at midnight. Saturday, I'll make the drawing. And on Monday's episode, I will announce the winner of the Orioles Hawaiian shirt. So again, make sure to subscribe on YouTube. Leave a comment about your favorite thing about Orioles spring training. and You can be entered to win the Orioles Hawaiian shirt and I thank you all so much who have subscribed already who have been along this YouTube journey it's been almost a year since the podcast went to YouTube and we thank you so much for following along and making Locked on Orioles your first listen and your first watch of the day For your first listen today, let's start with an Orioles spring training game. Final score, Pirates 7, Orioles 4 on Tuesday afternoon at the Pirates spring training facility. But as we've talked about, you know, the O's are are 2-2 in four spring training games. The final score is not really at all what you look at from spring training. You're looking at individual performances. You're looking at how guys are ramping up, especially games that are in February, you know, the fourth game of spring training. You're also looking at... You know, roster bubble guys. Guys, you're thinking about keeping around in AAA for depth and how they perform kind of batter to batter. So let's start with the five things you need to know from this Oriole spring training game. And for anyone new to the podcast... This is kind of how the pod works during the season. Once the regular season starts, if the O's played a game the night before, you'll get the five things you need to know. Then you'll get another big storyline from the game, and then some other news or notes at the end of the pod. That's how this one's going to go. That's what you can expect a lot of the time during the season. So spring training for me here hosting the podcast as well. But the first thing you need to know from the Orioles spring training game on Tuesday is that Mike Bauman, I think, did himself some good in his outing on Tuesday. It was his first time taking the mound this spring. Now, he did not get a chance to start this game, but he did come in in relief. He pitched the fifth and sixth innings, went two innings, allowing a run on one hit, three strikeouts, and a walk. He did give up a solo home run and two hard hit balls, through 38 pitches in his two innings of work. But again, it was just that one run. And generally, he looked pretty good. It was a scoreless fifth. He did give up a run in the sixth inning as Nick Gonzalez, one of the Pirates' top-hitting prospects, did take him deep. But in general, I thought Bauman looked good. And listen, Mike Bauman, I think, is one of the pitchers who is squarely on the opening day roster bubble right now. I think it could go either way. Now, he was helped slightly by the fact that Dylan Tate is injured and is going to miss at least all of April, which opened up a bullpen spot for the Orioles. And even though Bauman is certainly one of the 12 starting pitchers that Mike Elias has said you know is in line to compete for the five rotation spots, he's still considered a starter. The Orioles used him as a starter for most of 2022 I just think the future for Mike Bauman in the majors is as a reliever. Now, it could be a swing guy, a multi-inning guy. I still think it also could be a one-inning guy, potentially. Let that big fastball and that curveball play up in those one-inning stints. But we still saw good stuff from Bauman in his two innings of work. And again, with him being on the bubble and with a spot opened up for a right-hander with Dylan Tate being injured... I think Bauman could fill into that spot again. He threw 38 pitches. Now, in general, Mike Bauman fast fashion, he was heavy on the fastball. 20 out of his 38 pitches were the four seam fastball that was sitting 95 to 97 on the day. Impressive velocity on that pitch and he did get 4 whiffs on that four seam fastball 7 whiffs in total on 38 pitches is a really really good number now he wasn't facing all the pirates starters some of them were out of there when he was in in the 5th and 6th innings then he went to the slider as well which got a couple of whiffs too and it's that really hard slider he was you know, he was he was 90 to 93 with that slider today it was looking like a cutter at times the big overhand curveball he threw a couple of times and he mixed in one changeup out of his 38 pitches, but I thought he looked good. I thought he was in the strike zone, which sometimes can be a little bit of an issue for him. I thought he threw quality strikes, and I think this was a good first step forward for Mike Bauman trying to make this roster out of spring training. Second thing you need to know from this one, on the flip side of the pitching staff, Brian Baker did not do himself any favors in his first outing of the spring. Now, as I've talked about the Orioles' opening day roster throughout the offseason, and I've done my two opening day roster predictions so far. I've penciled in Brian Baker as a lock for the bullpen in both of those predictions. And I still think that's the case. But it's not a great way to start your spring. He pitched the third inning in this game. He allowed three runs on three hits, a strikeout, and two walks. Took him 26 pitches. All three runs had scored before Baker even recorded an out in the inning. Then he kind of settled down and kept it at just the three runs for the Pirates hitters. But... He got squared up a couple of times, but really the issue was the command. And I don't want to take too, too much into account of what the stuff looks like in your first spring outing. 18 of 26 pitches were four seam fastballs. Then he went with six change-ups and and two cutters, which was his bad pitch. He got three whiffs on the fastball, but none on the change, which didn't have the, the greatest command. On the day, he's he's definitely working on that pitch, trying to make it his number two pitch throughout the offseason. So we will see. I don't think by any stretch, this takes Baker out of that list of locks for the bullpen. But if he keeps performing this poorly, we could have a different conversation. Right now, I'm not worried. It's his first outing. But it's something to monitor as spring goes on. Third thing you need to know from this one is that Jordan Westberg was the Orioles' star in this game. They scored only four runs in this one and Westberg was the only guy who had a multi-hit game. Westberg starting the game at second base going two for three with a double and RBI in this one to help the O's kind of stay in this game. Two hard hit balls for Westberg. His single was 108.1 miles per hour off the bat. His double was 101.3 miles per hour off the bat. It was an impressive day for Westberg who was starting in what was a really exciting starting infield for the Orioles. They had Gunnar Henderson start at third base. They had Joey Ortiz start at shortstop, and then Jordan Westberg start at second base in this game, which was a very exciting mix of you know prospects that are already here and prospects that should get here at some point in 2023. So that was a fun group to see in the starting lineup, and definitely a nice job by Westberg. Again, I don't think, unless there's an injury, he's going to be on the opening day roster at this point, but every game he has like this only helps his case to get to the big leagues sooner rather than later. Fourth thing you need to know from this one is that as we continue to talk about, you know, is there a spot for one of these backup first basemen to make the roster? Franchi Cordero was the guy on Tuesday that stood out. We've seen Ryan O'Hearn do it a bit. We've seen Lewin Diaz. We've seen Curtis Terry do it a little bit so far over the weekend. But Tuesday was the day for Franchi Cordero. Now, he did only have one hit. He was one for three, did have two strikeouts. But the one hit was a home run in this game. Cordero going deep in the sixth inning. It was a two-run shot, 100.2 miles per hour off the bat, 386 feet to just to the left of dead center field for a two-run homer. Just barely got over the wall out there. And this is what he's going to do. He had three at-bats, he struck out twice, and he hit one home run. That's pretty much been the Franchi Cordero story, especially in AAA throughout his professional career. He's got to hit more homers to get himself on the roster, but a good start for Cordero. And the fifth and final thing you need to know from this one is just, we had a quirky, funny spring training thing on Tuesday. Now, the Pirates were the home team. They were leading 7-4, to and they got the final out of the top of the ninth inning to presumably win the game 7-4. to And the umpires came together, started walking off the field. And then you saw Pirates manager Derek Shelton and Orioles manager Brandon Hyde get together in front of the O's dugout, started chatting. And all of a sudden, they decided, well, it's spring training. It doesn't count. Let's still play the bottom of the ninth despite the fact that the O's had lost. Now you're wondering why do they do that? Well, it's a chance for the Orioles to get another pitcher into the game who they wanted to throw but just couldn't get him in because there was no bottom of the ninth. So the O's were able to get their first look at Ofredi Gomez. He was one of their minor league signings right-handed reliever this offseason and did throw a scoreless bottom of the ninth inning, which won't even show up in the MLB.com box score. But I watched it happen. The Pirates broadcast did carry that bottom of the ninth. A Nice job by Gomez. His stuff looks solid, and he did put up a zero in the bottom of the ninth inning. But... What a quirky spring training thing. The umpires were literally gone. They just played the inning without any umpires and it went smoothly and then they finished the bottom of the ninth and they all went home. One of the reasons you just you just gotta love spring training. But going from the end of the game to the beginning of the game, I didn't mention Kyle Bradish because I wanted to talk about him in full in the second segment. He started this game, made a spring training debut, and he was dominant. Coming up next, we'll break down the two innings from Braddish, how good he was, how good he could be, and if he is a lock for the opening day rotation. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drain. And when I look at the FanDuel app right now, if Anthony Davis is healthy, I'm just taking Anthony Davis over point scored every single night. Because with LeBron now out for a couple weeks for the Los Angeles Lakers, they're gonna go to that number two option a lot more. Anthony Davis can score a lot, take the over on points every night. And plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So the Orioles did fall to the Pirates 7-4 in Tuesday afternoon spring training game, but that's not what's important. What was important is that the game was televised, not by Masson, but by AT&T Sports in Pittsburgh, and we got to watch a spring training game on Tuesday. And really, the number one shining light for the Orioles in this game was Kyle Bradish, who was donning his new number. He changed from number 56 to number 39 this offseason, and kind of picked up right where he left off at the end of last season with his first spring training start. He goes six up, six down in the two innings he faced the Pirates lineup. Now, again, it wasn't even all the Pirates starters, and all the Pirates starters are pretty bad, so it's not like he was facing a very good lineup. But six up, six down with two strikeouts, just 26 pitches through his two innings. Bradish looked really, really good. I mean, the fastball was 95 to 96 averaged 95.8 miles per hour on his four-seam fastball. That pitched averaged 94.6 miles per hour last season. Think about that. Usually guys in their first spring training start, especially when it comes in February, are generally not built all the way up to the velocity that you're going to see you know, in April or May. But the fact that Bradish was up more than one mile per hour on his average fastball velo from last year in his first spring training start... Tells me that he could be averaging 96 97 on that fastball once he gets into the full groove in the middle of the regular season. And that's exciting because Bradish already threw hard and was effective last year, but throwing even harder is only going to help. And Bradish was able to throw all five of his pitches. You know, he only threw 26 offerings because he was so efficient on Tuesday. But we did get at least a sneak peek at all five pitches. It was seven four-seamers, six sinkers, six sliders, six curveballs, and one changeup for the 26 pitches that Bradish threw. And while the sinker velocity was a little bit down, every other pitch was up either one or two miles per hour on average in velocity from how hard he threw it in 2022. So you can tell that was a little bit of a push for Kyle Bradish to throw a little bit harder on basically every offering this year. Now, he didn't get, you know, big swing and miss. It was just two whiffs on the 26 pitches on 10 swings. And both those whiffs did come on the slider, which looked just absolutely nasty. That thing was 88 to 90 and just breaking off the table. It was unhittable the six times that he did throw it on Tuesday afternoon. But he was efficient. He pounded the strike zone. And that's the number one thing you want to talk about. I mean, Bradish, when he had his struggles last year, was just, not on top of his game when it came to command but he was pounding the strike zone in these two innings the velocity looked good the stuff looked good he was getting swings and misses he was throwing strikes you don't want to take too too much positive because again it's the first spring training outing but i don't think you can have a better start for your spring training debut than Kyle Bradish had on Tuesday so it just it's going to lead to to good things for Bradish and We've heard Mike Elias say that there's currently two locks in the Orioles' rotation. It's Cole Irvin and Kyle Gibson, the two veterans that the Orioles acquired this offseason, and that there's basically 10 other starters competing for the final three spots, and obviously Kyle Bradish is one of them. And I think most people, including myself, think he has an inside track. I've predicted him to be in the rotation in both of my opening day roster prediction episodes so far this offseason. And as long as he stays healthy, I'm going to continue to do that because I do think that Grayson Rodriguez, number one, has the highest upside in this rotation. And if D.L. Hall can get in the rotation, he's got the number two upside. But besides those two that are still top prospects, the next guy I'd rank in terms of highest upside in this rotation is Kyle Bradish. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I love Kyle Bradish. I think he has a super high ceiling. I think he's going to be effective for the Orioles in whatever role for years to come. And I think a big year is coming for Kyle Bradish. I think we saw it at the end of 2022. And although Michael Elias won't say he's a lock, I think, personally, Bradish is a lock for the opening day rotation. I think if the Orioles really wanted to, they could give him opening day. I do think they'll probably give it to either Irvin or Gibson just to have a veteran go out there and do it. But we're going to see Braddish early in that rotation. He's going to throw some innings. They're going to build him up even more this year. I think it's going to be a fun year for Kyle Braddish, and this was, this was a great start for him on Tuesday. But the final thing I wanted to get to, a couple of injury updates on the Orioles that have come out over the last few days. And to be honest, after the Orioles pitchers and catchers reported to camp and we got all this bad news about pitcher injuries, these most recent injury updates are are pretty positive. So let's finish out the pod on a more positive note coming up next. So as the Orioles continue to play spring training games, their fourth was on Tuesday, you always know that there's going to be injuries. Guys get hurt, whether they get just a little banged up and come out of the game, play the next day, or they sit for a week or whatever it may be. You do want to be extra careful with guys in spring training. And as we saw, there was already a major injury to a World Series contender in spring training this week, Gavin Lux sliding into third base, tears his ACL, was set to be a starting infielder for the Dodgers. Lux is now out for the 2023 season. We'll probably see the Dodgers make a move over the next couple of days. They're lucky that they had already traded for Miguel Rojas this offseason to kind of fill that role, but you see it in spring training sometimes, and When the Orioles' pitchers and catchers reported, we learned immediately that Dylan Tate had that forearm strain and was going to miss at least all of April, and it could be more. And we knew that Felix Bautista was ramping back up, and and D.L. Hall was dealing with a little bit of a back issue. And we've heard about Nick Vespi's hernia surgery that could keep him out for opening day. So it kind of seemed like doom and gloom when pitchers and catchers reported injury-wise. But at this point, we're getting more positive news on those injuries. Let's start with two people I mentioned and with D.L. Hall. Basically, since he's been in camp, although he hasn't thrown in a spring training game yet, he's basically said he's good. He said it's nothing too crazy. He felt a a little bit of a tweak. He rested it. He started throwing again. And he seems to be fine. Now, the Orioles seem to be ramping him up to be a starter, which means he was still delayed because of that back issue. I just think all of this is leading up to Hall maybe being in the AAA Norfolk rotation to start the year instead of being in the Orioles' bullpen like I've predicted in the past. We'll see how it works out, but he still does seem to be healthy. Felix Bautista seems to be pretty healthy as well. Threw earlier this week. They said he threw it about 80 to 85%. And the Orioles said he's right on track. His pitching was very encouraging. And he seems to be good to go. And Bautista said, and the Orioles have said, he would like to get in four or five spring training games before declaring that he is ready. Well, he hasn't pitched in one yet, but there's still a whole month of games to go. And I think he's on track, it looks like, to throw in four or five games. And if I had to bet on it right now, I would bet that Bautista is healthy and on the opening day roster for the Orioles, which is a huge boost, especially when they'll be without Dylan Tate, their most trustworthy reliever. You can at least have your best reliever in Felix Bautista. It looks like be healthy couple of other injury news, Anthony Santander did leave Monday's game against the Rays after he was hit by a pitch on the knee. Now, it was not a fastball, but Santander said it hit him in the right spot, or or I guess the wrong spot, really. He did get x-rays on the knee, they were negative. And funny enough, Santander, as he saw the media approaching him on Tuesday morning to ask about the knee, he immediately said that he was fine, he said it's just a bruise. They did give him the day off Tuesday, but it looks like Santander will be back in the lineup today on Wednesday and is all good. Nothing to worry about and should be you know, heading out uh, really next week to join Team Venezuela for the World Baseball Classic. We have not seen Ryan Watson pitch yet. Uh, he is a non-roster invitee, was the Orioles Minor League Pitcher of the Year in 2022. The right-hander apparently dealing with some neck soreness, which is why he has not appeared in each of the Orioles' first four spring training games. But it doesn't seem like anything too serious. Again, Watson, a guy who's certainly going to start the year in AAA Norfolk. Don't think he has a chance to make the opening day roster, but could be a piece for the Orioles at some point this season but uh, hopefully he's all good. And the final update was on Gunnar Henderson. I think a few people were wondering why Henderson did not appear in the Orioles' first three spring training games. Well, he was apparently dealing with a little bit of wrist soreness, so the Orioles sat him down for a couple of days. But as we know, he was in the lineup on Tuesday against Pittsburgh, did get the start at third base, seems like the wrist is A-OK, made a really nice diving play defensively at third, went one for two with a single and a strikeout at the plate to start his spring training, and Gunnar Henderson's going to be in the lineup pretty much every day for the Orioles this year, as long as he stays healthy. And it seems like after a couple days off, he is healthy at this point. But that'll do it for today's episode as the O's were on TV, which is always nice to see. Now, unfortunately... If what I've gathered from the Orioles' Masson streaming, and well, not streaming for Masson, the Orioles' Masson broadcast schedule and the other team's broadcast schedules, it does not look like the Orioles will be televised again until Monday, March 6th. So next Monday's game will be on TV again. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's only 12 games this spring in total and only four for Masson. It's not great, but at least you got to watch one if you found the time on Tuesday but we'll be back tomorrow for a Thursday episode of the pod looking at potentially opening up the mailbag once again so make sure to get those questions in lockdown Orioles at gmail.com you can email us tweet at us as well at locked on Orioles on Twitter DMs are open or comment in the comment section here on YouTube and make sure to also subscribe to the locked on Orioles YouTube channel and and leave a comment about your favorite thing about Orioles spring training and as I said You can be entered to win the Orioles Hawaiian shirt giveaway right here on the podcast. But I'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey, Prime members.